Hey friends, this is Linda and you're listening to Calling Water. For those of you tuning in for the first time, what we do on this podcast is go through a passage of scripture and talk about what it means, as well as some things it may call us to do. In today's episode, What Are You Doing Here? We're looking at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 and how God speaks to us and cares for us in those moments when we feel overwhelmed and alone. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to a very special episode of Calling Water. I am joined today by my good friend and kindred spirit, Carly Bartlett. Uh, some of you may recognize her name and voice from the time I got to be on her podcast, Ditching Perfection. Uh, she is a gifted speaker, teacher, writer, musician. I mean, she can do it all. And we instantly bonded over, obviously, our perfectionistic tendencies. Gilmore Girls, so much Disney coffee with oat milk, and how our two eldest kids aspire to be marine biologists. I kid you not. Um, I admire this lady so much. Welcome, Carlia. Linda, thank you. That was such a sweet introduction. You are just a gem, and I'm so glad to be your friend, and thanks for having me. We are so excited. Well, I'm excited, and our listeners will soon be very excited as well that you're here. Um, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes. Well, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm married to my husband, Mike, who is a university professor and artist. And we have two kids. Like Linda mentioned, my oldest does want to be a marine biologist. She's seven. And then we have another daughter who is two. And she does not know what she wants to grow up to be yet, but she, I'm sure, will do something adventurous. She is a, a very adventurous spirit. <laughs> I can't believe she hasn't figured it out yet. I know, Sue, right? Come on, what are you doing? But she does love Disney. Even just this morning, I got her out of bed and she said, Mom, I just want to go to Disneyland. And I Aww. said, Girl, I know. I I'm know. with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so in addition to family, I am an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene. So I pastor locally um, in my church here. I oversee small group ministry. And I also teach as an adjunct professor of communication at a local university. And like Linda said, I have a podcast and I love to travel and speak and all of the things. I love Jesus. I love coffee. I love Disney. And let's throw it. I love, I love guacamole. Oh, that's, that's fun. one of my favorites. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Now you are all of our favorite human and we're so happy you're here <laughs> to talk about the Bible together. Yes. I'm so excited. I love scripture and it's so fun to talk about it together. I think when we're in community, mm -hmm. we all see things differently and God is teaching each of us different things. And so it's just really fun to talk about it together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I am so thrilled. And so I'm ready to dive in. You ready for this? Yes. Um, so just a little background. This month, we've been looking at a few of the Old Testament prophets and learning first and foremost that they were human, just like us, yeah. imperfect and feeling people that God still invited and instructed to share the message of love and comfort to the masses. And like, for example, we talked about how Jeremiah teaches us about feeling secure and how Jonah, we were able to look at his story through the lens of shame and how it informs the choices we make. So today we are jumping to the story of the prophet Elijah. And I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but I did name my kid after him. So he yes. does rank pretty high on the list. Totally. Um, 
So we're in the book of First Kings, and there are so many stories to tell about Elijah, but we're talking about this specific moment in Elijah's life uh, in particular today, although we will pull, probably pull from different aspects of his life. Um, but it's a time in his life when he desperately needed comfort. And I'm sure many of us can relate to this, like when you feel alone and overwhelmed to the nth degree, because maybe you've gone through a major life event and you just need to retreat and heal. Maybe you're trying to balance work and home life and it's just getting too much. Maybe your health is taking a hit and then it it, it exacerbates other types of stress. Mm -hmm. And like something in your past maybe is rearing its ugly head and weighing you down, or you're finding you're not getting enough support from family and friends and all these things together just makes us feel probably what Elijah was going through at this moment. Carly, I'm sure you've experienced moments like these too. Like what was going through your mind when you were in the thick of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I personally have struggled with anxiety off and on. And so I, I just remember seasons where you know, lay on my floor and just cry out to God and be like, Mm. can you please just take this away? Like, I really want to thrive and flourish. And this does not feel like that right now. Um, But in God's kindness, he did not take away the anxiety in a flash. He really wanted to help me get to the root of what was happening and, Mm -hmm. and really bring full healing. And so that took me on a journey that was, that, that took a while. And I see some of that in Elijah too, that God gave him the grace to just keep stepping, um, forward one step Mm -hmm. at a time and then did bring healing. But, but it was a journey as we'll look at in, in chapter 19, that it wasn't a instant flash restoration, but it was, it was a step-by-step process and God is faithful to walk with us in all of that. And so I experienced that personally, and I still do on the days where I get triggered with anxiety or worry or perfectionism, Mm -hmm. um, that God is just so gracious to be with me in it. I spent most of my life neglecting Mm self-care, um, because somehow I got it in my head that that was selfish. And so I get it, like this moment for Elijah, like it, it just resonates with me. And I think this was just one of those moments for Elijah. And we'll look Mm -hmm. at that in more detail in just a second. Just a little background for those of us who may not be familiar or maybe just kind of forgot about what's been going on. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah is in a cave. And why and how he got there is he's on the run from King Ahab and Queen Jezebel mm-hmm. of the Northern Kingdom of Israel, if we want to get specific, uh, because they were both profoundly displeased with all the trouble Elijah has been stirring up. Like literally mm-hmm. they call him a troublemaker. Yeah. And the most recent trouble was that he basically negated the existence of the God they worship, Baal. And so even though moments ago, he was confidently praying for God to send down fire from heaven, which God did. He's now sitting in a cave hiding from his pursuers. Mm-hmm. And for Elijah, this this isn't the first time his life was threatened, but this was perhaps the one that shook him so much yeah. so that even as he's running for his life, he's lost the will to live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he says this to God. Um, he he basically says, you know, I've worked really hard for you, God, and your people messed up big time. And I've just been trying to tell them that. And now they want me dead. And I'm just paraphrasing here. I want to just read for us how God responds in first Kings Mm -hmm. chapter 19. Actually, do you want to read that for us? First Kings chapter 19 verses 11 through 13. Yes. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Thank you. I love that. I just love how this rounds out with, what are you doing here, Elijah? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such an incredible moment. And Carly, let's unpack this together. Why don't you start yeah. off? Tell us some of the stuff that's going on here. What does this mean? And help us yeah. kind of understand what's happening in this passage better. Yeah. So before we get to the section that we just read, we actually read that, like Linda said, Elijah is um, just ready to tap out. He is scared. He's running for his life and he's all alone. He's left his servant. And so he's, he's all alone, isolated, afraid, and really, really discouraged. And so we actually read that that he's crying out to God in verse four. And he says, take my life. Mm-hmm. I'm no better than my ancestors. Like he's just done. But I find it incredible that right after this, it says that an angel comes and tells him to eat mm-hmm. and then to sleep. Mm-hmm. And this happens two times. Yes. Um, and I just, first of all, love this because we are, our spiritual lives are connected to our physical mm-hmm. well being as well. And so sometimes, like, the most spiritual thing we can do is like take a nap and eat a scone. Yes. Amen. <laughs> right. And so I just love that God is sending him a message, like you said earlier, Linda, that self care is, is important mm-hmm. and it's necessary. And then that, the, those pieces of fuel for his body then end up bringing him to this point at the um, cave that we're talking about. But going from where he was taking a nap to this point at the cave was a super long journey. And it says that it took him 40 days to get there, which may be figurative because 40 is a number that we read sure. often in scripture, but it was a long journey. Sure, absolutely. Um, And so, you know, he's just tromping through the wilderness all by himself with all of these feelings. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the mountain and God asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so he like launches into this whole thing. Like, well, I've been very, very zealous for the Lord God almighty. And the Israelites have rejected your covenant and broken down your altars and put your prophets to death. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Like, it's just very catastrophic. And out of this, like these very intense feelings is when God then invites him to go stand and experience God's presence. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we see the earthquake and the fire and all these big things. And, you know, I think Elijah had seen God show up in really big ways before, like even in chapter 18, where the fire fell from heaven, like you Mm -hmm. talked about. But I think it was in this moment that Elijah needed to know that the God who did the big things is also the God who's with him in a stillness and a sweet tenderness and in a whisper. Like that's the same God. But also when he asked, what are you doing here? I think that was a question of where's your heart? Like, what's the posture of your heart? What's really going on? And so then, yeah, God comes in this whisper and then asks him the same exact question again, which is really interesting. Like, what are you doing here, Elijah? Right after. And, you know, 
in reading this, we would hope that he would change his tone or change his words and and have this like shift because he just experiences parental sweetness of from God. But he says the exact same thing. He does. <laughs> and yet I go, oh my word, that is so me. Like I don't always get it. I don't always understand or like it doesn't seep into my heart, God's voice and tenderness right away. Right. And so I love too that we are just met with this human picture. Yes. Of this absolutely. Who doesn't have it all together, who met God in this sweet way and is still struggling. Mm-hmm. And God's not throwing in the towel and God's not like, well, all right, I just showed up in this beautiful way and you don't get it. Mm-hmm. But instead, right in that moment, God like breathes out purpose into mm-hmm. Elijah's life and just says like, even though you're feeling like you're feeling right now, I still believe in you and I still have purpose for you. And so like, let's, let's get swept up in hope together because mm-hmm. I'm with you. You're not alone. And then okay. he like gives them this amazing call to go and anoint a new prophet and anoint Kings and things that were really important. Mm-hmm. And it came even in the moment of his, maybe his weakest moment at the rock bottom and God still breathe purpose into him. And I just think that's so hopeful for us. Absolutely. And it's so great that you mentioned that because that is something that stood out to me too, as I was going back and preparing for this episode and studying through the scripture and being like, wow, like God echoes, you know, like, what are you doing here, Elijah? But also Elijah's like, I just told you, like he he says yeah. in verse 10, like this lament basically, right? This is what's happening to me, God. And then God shows up and maybe not in the way he might've expected or have witnessed in the past, but God shows up in this, like you're saying, this sweet way and this gentle whisper. And then mm-hmm. he's like, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he's like, well, this is what I'm doing here. Like I mentioned previously, yeah. right? And I just, I kind of love that because we do throw tantrums sometimes. And in addition to like fear and fatigue and anguish and like a thousand other things we might be feeling and Elijah might be feeling here, like there is a little resentment that Mm -hmm. Elijah's like, I've been doing everything right. Like there is absolutely no reason I should be feeling this way, but I am. And I think that just speaks to how we feel sometimes because sometimes we're not exactly sure. Like, I don't get why I'm so overwhelmed. I don't get why I don't feel filled. I don't get why I'm this exhausted when I'm doing everything right, you know? And it's just so important for us to like stop and hear God's voice in those moments. Yeah. And I think it's also really fascinating God says to him, go back the way that you came. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he had to retrace his steps and, you know, he had run like well over 300 miles right, right, to get away from Jezebel in fear. And so then God was like, okay, now retrace your steps. Like the way forward is actually the way back. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thinking about the mental gymnastics that he was going through as he walked toward the mountain and then everything that he'd been going through then he was retracing those exact steps with a with a different mindset but I bet he still was wrestling some right no and how for us sometimes God does invite us to in our healing journeys to like go back and revisit some of those places of pain Mm -hmm. or those places where we felt very alone or misunderstood or we felt like God was not with us or absent. Yeah. It's like this complete 
healing journey, right? It's not just about, I'm going to make you feel better in the here and now, but I'm going to teach you how to feel better in the long term. And we're mm-hmm. going to work some stuff out and you're going to have to do some work. And yeah. I think that is something that we neglect sometimes, right? It's like, God, give us this magical solution. Like, mm-hmm. why are you withholding that from us? There is there is a bit of work that we have to do that we just don't do. And I just love how like in this, um, just kind of how everything unfolds in this passage that kind of reminds us that God not only hears us and knows how specifically to console us and offer and give us the ways out, but also reminds us that we're not alone Mm -hmm. Um, because after he gives Elijah that very specific to-do list, right. Of like here, now you're going to go anoint these people and whatnot. Yeah. He also reminds Elijah in verse 18, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. I remember a certain pastor saying Elijah was reminded in this moment that he's disposable. And Mm -hmm. I was so, I was so shaken by that message because I was like, well, if we're disposable, then like, what are we doing? Right. Mm. God is reminding Elijah, not that he's disposable, but like that he's not alone, that there are others with him and that, you know, there are others who love God and want to serve alongside. And I just thought that was a really great reframing that I personally had to do. (laughs) Right. And I think it's really a good reminder for us too, that like, when we are in fear, uh, experiencing fear or anxiety, you know, our emotions can sometimes like get in the driver's seat of our lives mm-hmm. and kind of get us a little off track. And right. so then from there, we are like become so narrow, foc- narrowly focused right. on like what's right in front of us and this emotion that's driving. Um, and I think that that's kind of what was happening with Elijah, where he was like, I'm the only one, mm-hmm. like I'm freaking out. Who else is doing this with me? And so I think that God, yeah, was like lovingly reminding him to zoom out sure. and realize that he is not alone mm-hmm. and that there were others that were on this journey too. And um, I I know like I need God to help me zoom out in my life because mm-hmm. I can get very narrowly focused on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this was a, once again, like a very parental sweet correction mm-hmm. um, from God because Elijah actually knew that he wasn't alone. Like a few chapters earlier, he knew that Obadiah had been hiding people mm-hmm. that were right. Yahweh followers mm-hmm. um, and and helping to preserve their lives. But then I think it, when the fear and the, the major, major uh, scary situation mm-hmm. with Jezebel threatening him, he like forgot and irrationality flew out the window. And right. once again, that can totally happen to us. So I love that God is just like, okay, let's, let's zoom out and remember, like, right. let's remember. And I think God does that for us too. Not in a way that's like, he's disappointed in mm-hmm. us. I think it's just that he really understands like right. how we can get swept up in fear. Right. Like your emotions are shaping your reality right now. Let me get you back on yeah. track. And yeah. yeah, that is is very loving. I know it doesn't always come off that way, but it's so loving. And yeah. I also think it's kind of comical because I mean, Elijah probably felt he was alone because the rest were in hiding. But in this moment where he's crying out to God, I'm like, he is also in hiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, you know, they're just like you, Elijah. They're feeling all the things you're feeling. That's um, but so true. I'm with you all. And I just find mm-hmm. that it's just so filled with grace. 
Mm-hmm. That's so true. I haven't thought about that, but they too were hiding. Right. And they were afraid. And so in this, there's also the invitation for Elijah to be empathetic sure. to others that may be feeling the same thing. And it's also kind of fun to think like, what are the gentle whispers that God was speaking to all of those others yes. that were in hiding too, you yes. know? Yes. Oh, like, wow. That know... gave me chills. <laughs> oh, well, I never thought about this before. This is why yeah. I love talking with friends about scripture because mm-hmm. what you said like sparked that in me that I'm like, mm-hmm. <gasps> we know Elijah's story of the whisper, but like, what was God saying? God was obviously in relationship with all these other people that were yeah. being faithful too. It's Absolutely. just beautiful to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much. Like we can just talk about this probably for hours and hours and hours. Um, but let's let's take this and let's kind of go towards like, well, what are some things? I mean, we've kind of mentioned it as we're talking about Elijah's stories, but what are some things that you feel like this passage, this story, maybe even Elijah's entire trajectory calls us to do? Well, first of all, I think it's important to remember that rest isn't a reward for Mm -hmm. us to like try to earn or attain, but rest should be like a rhythm for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't help but think that Elijah probably was burnt out and just flat out exhausted. He had been in these very intense situations. And so he needed to like keep care of himself and, and take some time. And so I think for people like us, Linda, like we, we have lots of similar tendencies with our go, go, go ness, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about. And so I think for me, I just have to realize like when I'm resting, I don't have to feel bad about it. Like you said earlier, um, that it's not a reward to earn, but it's a rhythm of my life that I need to have. And actually it's like a spiritual discipline to, to rest. So that's one thing I feel like is just helpful for all of us to remember, uh, especially in our society that is very um, achievement and work oriented that we can be like kingdom, we can live into kingdom kingdom culture by making rest a rhythm. Right. So I think that's really helpful. And then too, I think just to realize that God is not disappointed with us mm-hmm. and frustrated and miffed by our emotions. Right. Right. Um, but I've had some really wise people in my life talk about how all of our emotions are avenues to connect with God. Mm-hmm. And all of our emotions are avenues to us experiencing God's grace and that God doesn't just like wash his hands of us when we get too focused and narrow, Mm -hmm. too narrowly focused on like the thing right in front of us or our fear. Mm -hmm. Um, But he just like, God is with us in it and sits with us in the pain and says, what are you doing? Like, how are you? What's going on? And then just walks with us tenderly as we like retrace those steps. And so I would just say, yeah, like reframing our understanding of God's like tenderness toward us in those moments. And then also not being afraid to walk the path back and like figure out maybe some of the, the roots underneath the surface that are, that are causing us to behave or say, or think or whatever the way that we, some of the habits that we've created, like what's underneath that and being both courageous and afraid at the same time, I think is okay in that process, but to do it afraid anyway, and go back and try to uproot some of those things and understand so that we can be healthy moving forward. And I'm a huge proponent of counseling. Uh, I think it's just such a gift. And for me, counseling has been a 
amazing gift of God's grace in my life to help me be able to process with someone who's professionally trained (laughs) to be able to help me understand what some of those roots are that drive the habits and the the anxiety that I, that I experience, And I'm just so grateful for that. So I think it takes a lot of courage, mm-hmm. but you can do things both courageously and afraid at the same time. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, Sunday school versions of Elijah is kind of this fearless superhero, right? He does yeah. all these weird supernatural things by the power of God, but like to find this very small yet like vulnerable story of how he kind of has this relationship with God and this connection with God in this way that you wouldn't expect from a prophet who's witnessed God send fire down from heaven. I think it's just, right. it's just so real. And it's mm-hmm. just so, it's such a, it's hopeful. Like you were saying, it, it's so hopeful for us to know that, you know, Maybe we're not seeing these giant miracles happen, but like those gentle whispers are there even mm-hmm. when we don't recognize them. And so, yes, all Definitely. of those things, we need that. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Carly, I could talk to you forever, um, <laughs> but I don't think our pre- our listeners would appreciate a three-hour podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yes. I, I'm i sorry, guys. Uh, we'll just cut it here. <laughs> but <laughs> I do uh, believe there is just so much more that you're doing and you can share with us. And if we wanted to learn more from you, which I'm sure we all do now, how can we do that? Yes. Well, I'm so excited. I've talked with Linda about this, but if all of you would love to learn more about the life of Elijah, I am in the process of finalizing a Bible study resource called The Gift of the Unexpected, How God Shapes Us When Things Don't Go as Planned. Ooh. And it's a whole it's a whole study on the life of Elijah um, because there's so many things that are unexpected that come his way, both mountaintop moments and and in the valley moments. And I think we all can can understand that. So I have a, a study that's coming out later this fall. And so it's not ready yet. I wish it was ready. But when it is ready, maybe Linda, you can share that with your listeners um, on Instagram or something. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, also, so thank you. Uh, also, if people want to connect with me, I am on Instagram. So people can connect with me there at Carly Communicates. And my my name is spelled C-A-R-L-Y. Yes, I will definitely push this resource because we definitely would love to do a deep dive into this with you. Awesome. And so, Thank so excited you. that you put this resource together. So people, please be sure to check out this resource and other gems at her site, carlycommunicates.com. Yes. And I'll, I'll drop all the links into show notes. Awesome. And yes, stalk her on Instagram too. She's super fun. <laughs> thank um, you. Carly, thank you so much for dropping by today. It's always a treat to talk with you and work with you on various projects, but getting to dive into scripture like this together was such an immense joy. So please come back soon. And we just want to say we appreciate you for sharing all your wisdom and Bible knowledge with us today. Linda, thank you so much for having me today. It was great to talk with you as always. And I just love connecting with you, love opening scripture with you. And I'm so thankful to learn from you. So thanks again for this conversation. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, not only because Carly is delightful and she has so many helpful things to share with us in our study of scripture, 
but I hope you felt comforted by the story and struggles of even a seemingly invincible prophet like Elijah. A lot of times when we're in those moments where we feel trapped or bogged down, we have the tendency to overcomplicate things, right? And we ignore the simplest solution. Talk to God and wait for God to show up. And when God shows up, you might be asked the same thing that was asked of Elijah. What are you doing here? And I know when we're normally asked this question, we might be like, fine, I'll leave. But observe how gently, again, God asks this of Elijah. What are you doing here? God isn't telling Elijah to just get off the mountain because he doesn't belong there, but God is reminding Elijah what he should be doing here. And that is to find the rest, comfort, and space to process, then move forward. So as you go through the week, let's feel empowered to do those same things as Carly summarized for us. Number one, make rest a rhythm. Not because you earned it, but because contrary to what you might think, God is interested in you taking care of yourself. So instead of stressing yourself further by denying your exhaustion and pain and putting rest on the back burner, take a page out of Elijah's book. Because in his most vulnerable moment, he took a mental health day in the form of a nap, a snack, and listening for God's voice. Secondly, take your emotions to God. Your emotions are avenues to connecting with and experiencing God. When you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, frustrated, disappointed, or exhausted, or a hundred other things, you might have a habit of suppressing it all because you don't want to appear weak or lacking in some way. But let's not get in this habit of trying to pray our feelings away or over-spiritualizing them. Elijah received comfort from God in those moments honest expression. So we can similarly use our feelings to experience God's presence and comfort. And finally, walk backwards. Suss out any unhealthy or destructive thought patterns and habits. And you know, we may not be able to cultivate this on our own, so never be afraid to seek and accept help. Perhaps it's time for you to share with those closest to you about your need for comfort. It's not uncommon for God to use people in your life, friends, family, even professionals like therapists, pastors, and counselors to help you and guide you and to remind you that God is here for you. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, all of us at one time or another have experienced a moment when we felt inescapably overwhelmed and worn out and utterly alone. And we know those moments will come around again. Teach us when that happens to listen for your gentle whisper asking us, what are you doing here? To breathe purpose into us and to reassure us that we aren't alone. You are empathetic to our emotions and you remind us to rest. You comfort us when we've given up hope of ever being consoled. And you also remind us to get up and do the work. Thank you for being with us through every leg of our journey. And may we never lose sight of all the things you are doing here in our lives and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.